Oh, we don't check, know. Check, 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 we check. We don't know we're calling this yet. Let's just call it wait, a board man gets paid. Okay. Board man gets paid. Episode six of board man gets paid. What's up, everybody? It's We're recording now. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? We're back. Board man gets paid. The board man gets paid. And, and if you don't know what that means. Look it up. It's a Kawhi Leonard reference. Because Kawhi, the 2019 MVP. Finals uh, MVP. Finals yeah. MVP. And NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors for their first NBA championship. Yeah. Just happened last night. Pretty, uh, was it last night? No, Thursday night. Thursday night. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm mixed up. No, that's all. It's all good. Um, it's Father's Day weekend. You get to, yes. you get every excuse in the world to just. Tomorrow I get every excuse <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it's Happy it's, Father's Day, by the way, buddy. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm. I'm excited. We're gonna sit in the backyard and do nothing. That's awesome. Much. That sounds like a great, uh, great Sunday. It is. It's been nice. It's been yeah. super nice. I'm going to here. breakfast with my dad. Nice. That and I'm playing fun. some golf with my father-in-law. Dude, that sounds like a great day, though. Yeah. That so it should be good. should be pretty good. Nice. We um we wanted to kick off the intro, right? Yeah. With a question. And maybe the audience is asking themselves this as well. <laughs> but what what are we filling our time with in this post Game of Thrones era? Oh man, so many things. So many things. I started watching uh, Billions again. Are you familiar with no, the uh, I series? I don't know what that is. Series at all. Billions, yeah. So it's got Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis. Okay, I like me some Giamatti. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a Wall Street insider trading based Damian Lewis I gotta look at this guy uh, it's it's pretty good I watched the first season I want to say like shortly after it first came out and I think they're already on like season three or four now so I'm I'm way behind it's a really good series um and I'm a big Giamatti fan too but what's it on uh Showtime Damian Lewis uh I recognize him immediately Yep, uh, Colonel Winters from Band of Brothers. Correct, um, Colonel Winters. So. Uh, yeah, he, that sounds awesome. So billions, billions, three yeah, or four seasons. Yeah, already. I think so it's. I think they're already like three or four seasons into it. So I just started episode or episode two of season two. Yeah, and I really like it. Kind of filling my void there. Yeah, reluctantly, I started watching the second season of Big Little Lies with my wife. So that's Big Little Liars. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Yeah. Nice. Um, What's that about? I think it's Big Little Lies, right? Let me look it up. Look it up real quick. I'm like, Big Little Lies. It's got it's got a great cast. It's got um, Shailene Woodley, Reese Witherspoon. Um, oh, this is pretty popular. Yeah, it's it's a good. It the first season. I will actually say for being like kind of more of like a chick flick. It's pretty good. I mean, honestly, you can't. You and it's based on books too. To, so, like, it, the books were oh, written first. Then you've got great source material. Then yeah. no wonder it's doing well. That's awesome. Um, I don't think that they initially thought that it was going to be. They were going to do a second season, but it got such good reviews, and then so many people liked it that I think that they just keep going, kept going with cool. the story. And so, yeah, uh, reluctantly, I'll say I am watching that with my wife. Um, it is more of a chick, uh, chick flick type show, but it's good. That's so cool. fill in the void there, and uh, amongst other, you know, hobbies, fishing, golf, that type of thing. What have you been doing? Fishing and golf. I 
I've been um, reading. Yeah? Yeah. What are you reading? I've read Steve Jobs' biography. Okay. And then I've, I'm in this uh, a high fantasy series, so it, it fits right in with um, dragons and okay. magic and all that. And uh, medieval warfare. Um, awesome. But it's uh, it's really... Like the first book was written and then it was going to be, when you look up the history, I butchered this in the past on past podcast episodes, so I'm going to set it straight now on a sports episode of of sports podcasts of all places. But the guy wrote the book as a screenplay and then like also slash like a video or a role playing game. Oh, backstory for like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And then he adapted it into a novel. So the first book in this 10-book series is, like, really choppy and hard to get through. But once you get through it, like, the way this guy uses magic and the way he uses, like, adventure and character development and and his... It's just... I mean, they... Everybody puts him in the same realm as J.R.R. Martin and stuff like that. So it's... It's just. I, we, and what's the series called? It's called Malazan or Malazan Book of the Fallen. The Book of the Fallen. The Book of the Fallen. Okay. But it's about sounds this, interesting. This this uh country of people called the Malazans. Okay. And they're like they're like an imperial type, but they're just going. They keep waging these wars. And um, but uh, I'm on book three. I've I've read the first three already, mm-hmm. and then I bought them all in paperback because I like I like that better. Okay. And uh, I I started over, so I'm almost done with book three. I'm gonna try and finish that tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, man. But it's um it's it's like it's picking up. I've read a a couple of ten book series, and and that's the like perfect amount because you can get like you get like three trilogies. You right. know what I mean? Right, so, right, right. And then you've get like and then the climax on its own. It's I don't know. Um, it's it's dope. I don't think it'll ever be able to be adapted. Like the way that Game of Thrones is and stuff, because it's, it's it's too much. You know what I mean? Like, there's too many races, there's too many different um, species of people and civilizations. It's just like the amount of backstory is just obnoxious at at a, on a cinematic level, right? So I don't know. Okay, I have, I don't really have any hopes for it other than it like inspires like video games in a way you know what i'm saying <laughs> like because video games you can get really scope like level oh yeah totally like 60 hours into a storytelling portion yeah you know anyways nice yeah man it's sweet it's it's definitely scratching the itch of a of a medieval fantasy okay epic so. awesome maybe they'll maybe it'll be the next game of thrones it, yeah if they do it i mean it They've got all these like extra trilogies that this it's one author and then another guy who um like they they should kind of share this world and they've both written a couple of extra trilogies. I could see like cinematics made off of that and it would be filthy. Yeah, it will be just the war. The I, I, well, I'll probably cut some of this, but like I'll tell <laughs> you like the way this guy does describes battle and like just like the psychological um like the zoomed out psychological perspective of everything is just it it really actually makes you think differently i don't know it's weird hmm. i would recommend it to anybody who's interested in reading at all like just okay. definitely try it if you like especially if you like that stuff already right like just definitely try i can it. think of a few people that 
I've never gotten super into like th- like medieval like and just like you know fantasy. I think the Game of Thrones has probably been the most I've ever got really into as like far the, as, and yeah. I haven't even read the books. So I probably would need to do that first yeah. and then but it sounds like it's something that I, could, I should give a shot to because well, I'm entertained you, by that stuff. Yes, if you, You've got to have an awesome imagination, and I think I do, but maybe sometimes I'm a little close-minded on that shit, So, Well, I feel like Game of Thrones helped everybody kind of like wet their beak in that yeah, genre in a, totally. in, a, in a really hardcore way. I mean, Game of Thrones had flipping dragons, dude. Right. Like, doesn't right. really get any more Dungeons and Dragons than... Yep. It starts out with Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. <laughs> so, right. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was cool how it, if it got everybody into that nerdy stuff, like traditionally nerdy stuff. Right. Like yeah. You, you just there's no way around. Probably pissed off the nerds. Well, and then yeah, and then <laughs> the, the nerds were probably like, dude, I'm so angry now. Like all my angst that I had before yeah. is now on another level. Yeah. Because now everybody's validating everything I thought was cool already. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I I don't know how to process this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Any any uh, any new like series that you're watching or anything like that? Um, trying to get into. There's this series called Barry. Yeah, yeah, Barry. You've heard. I've I've watched. uh, I watched the first episode. Uh, it didn't grasp me like I th- grasp me like I thought it was like gonna pull me in hook line and sinker. Yeah, I, I, but you know, like some, some series you just gotta like really give the first three or four episodes a shot, a full like yeah. dive. Um, but I'm just such, I'm like kind of an instant gratification guy, you know, like uh, the, from the from the first. You need the I've got to be cook. dialed in and like this is awesome, you know. Um, gotcha. But I, I should uh, I've I've heard great things, and I uh, I like I like Bill Hader. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man. He's he's awesome. Anything he does, I think is hilarious. I didn't realize he was on. Um, he worked pretty really closely with uh, uh, is it, Trace, Matt Stone and Trey Parker for um, oh South from Park, South Park yeah for writing episodes like of South Park. Yeah, back oh, really? in the day. Yeah, I didn't know that. I they did some sort of little like insight documentary on their process, how it truly is a weekly grind. And um, oh yeah, and when they're going through a season, like there's no work, there's no prep before it. It's yeah, like, and I I don't watch South Park anymore, but I used to watch it ten years ago, and it was the funniest thing in the world to me. Right. I thought it was the the way they rip on um, current events and pop culture is the best. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, I mean, you have sometimes you have Mickey, Ma- a giant Mickey Mouse, ripping open a stadium and eating Justin Bieber and stuff <laughs> like that, dude. It's like only South Park can pull it off, right? It's not funny if anybody else does it, really. Yeah, but anyways, Bill Hader's on that, so I want to watch Barry. Um, I'm spacing now, but I know there's a couple of other, there's a couple of movies I want to watch. Oh, I'm gonna go see for sure. I'm gonna go see Toy Story four. It'll okay. Be, be a first movie. It'll take Little Man too. In the nice. Theater. Yeah, because he loves he loves Buzz. Awesome. Yep. And That'll that, be good. Yeah, and then there's something else I want to take um, the family to and go see. There's another cool movie coming out. Oh, I want to go see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, that looks Leo good. And that Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Joint. There's that movie coming out with uh, Johnny Depp and um, 
Did we talk about this last time? No, I don't think so. Johnny Depp and uh, Forrest Whitaker. Uh-uh. It's uh, about, like, you can pull it up. What's um, it called? Gosh, I want to say City of Lies, maybe, but I could be wrong. Um, it's about these two cops. Um, it's about the story about how, like, I guess LAPD was potentially involved in, like, the shooting of Biggie Smalls. Oh, okay. Yeah. When's the release date? Oh, did it already come out? It's just something you want to see. Something I want to see, yeah. They basically, these two cops investigate the murders of Biggie and Tupac, and, um, you know, there's this idea that it was like an inside job On in one of the circumstances. I mean, the 90s were a crazy time. Totally. And if you think that they're... Like at any time, there wasn't some level of corruption yeah. somewhere. Uh, you're probably wrong about that. Because <laughs> uh, the human nature is to be pretty sh- be pretty sh- sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, got, that's, got, the, that's the truth, though. Yeah. So That's uh, the truth. Yeah, man. That's, that's about it, dude. Book reading. Book reading. Yeah. Got some shows. Got some shows. Hopefully, I, hopefully there's uh, listeners out there that have been able to fill their void. Yeah. The Game of Game of Thrones void with other other uh That's series starting. Yeah, man. What what are you guys filling your void with? Yeah. As far as let us know. High fantasy. Medieval. Let us know. Email us. Email us. Throw throw us a tweet on what your what you guys are filling your Game of Thrones void with. Yeah. We'd love to know. You probably filled it with maybe a little bit of the NBA finals. I don't know. Oh, boom. If you're listening to this podcast, you might have. That was the smoothest, smoothest transition <laughs> in podcast history. I try to tie it all together. I love it, dude. What happened, Trev? Oh, man. The unthinkable. I don't think, well, I shouldn't say that. The Warriors got to another finals. Probably, it is the first time, though, going into the finals that they weren't favorites. From oh, the odds man. maker standpoint, which was pretty interesting. And I think that had everything to do with the fact that Toronto had the better record. Okay. And so they naturally they had home, home home yeah, home court advantage. Home. Yeah, home court advantage. You know, the odds makers also knew that the Warriors were banged up, right? Yeah. Like no KD. Yeah. Kind of knew that like it was going to be no KD or Kevin Durant until at least game 5, which is which Long is tough. Time. Yeah. But this is a Warriors team too that bef- that won championships before Kevin Durant was there. Right. And still had the, you know... They show glimpses of that, too. Right. They still had Draymond Green. They still had Andre Iguodala. They still had their stars in, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and depth guys that could... Yeah, Livingston coming off the bench. You had, and then they had... Their big guys were playing Lo- well. As Looney, well. yeah. yeah. Um, so th- there's definitely... There's a lot of potential to to still win, you know, the cha- a championship, uh, but as we saw, and most probably already know by now, but the Toronto Raptors uh, took down the Golden State Warriors in six games. Uh, didn't even go to a seven game, seventh game, and and they won all three games in Oracle Arena, which is intense. Yeah, so they went into Warriors territory and won all of their games on the road, including one game at home 
in the last three games in that stadium. And there, yeah, those were the last three games in Oracle Arena. So, so you think that the crowd was like, yeah, showing out for that one? Totally. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing that the Warriors were able to, and as we saw, you know, we'll talk about the injuries a little later as we kind of segue into our free agency discussion. But you know, the game where they won in Toronto, where they were down three one, and they had to win in order to send it back to Oracle. You know, that's the game where Kevin Durant started and started off pretty hot was playing pretty well and then you know i think it was 12 minutes into the game it might have been the first quarter it was first or the beginning of the second quarter where he just planted and stepped wrong he'd been fighting a calf slash achilles you know injury and yeah you know the video just shows you can see it just kind of roll up his leg and yeah joe sent me that ruptured achilles tendon and it was really unfortunate i'm sure that you know, it took the the wind out of the sails, not only for Kevin, but I think the crowd and the organization, because a guy going into free agency like that, like so that's probably one of the most devastating things that you can have yeah. happen. And he went out and put his body on the line to just try to help his team win a championship. And I think that that shows a lot. Of, I mean, that's very admirable. You know, there's a lot of admiration in that. Um, And unfortunately, and that was the game, though. I I thought what was even on top of what he did, what was admirable is that the team, you know, that it was completely deflated. You looked around, you, they, they showed camera angles. They started looking at players' face, you know, zooming in on players' faces and just reaction to like what just happened. And the fact that the Warriors were able to pull that game off, um, you know, and come away with a one point win uh, shows a lot of team effort, you know, and like, hey, we're going to send this back to Oracle for one last go and yeah. try to try to push it to a seventh game, which would have gone back to Toronto. But um, but still, at least, I mean, it's all the way. The pressure's equally on them, you know, that right. game seven is just a, it's a special thing. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they take it back to Oracle and things are going fairly well. And Clay Thompson yeah. blows out his knee. Um, torn ACL or MCL? ACL, right. I think so. And um, <laughs> he, again, admirable. He went back out, shot his free throws, sank both of them. And, yeah. you know, and then obviously, you know, after that, it was just, it was toast, you know. It's it's un, it's unfortunate, like how, and that happened to two of their two of their best players, two of their best players that are going into free agency. It's like what you know, just a big question mark around that. Like, yeah, both those guys deserve max contracts. They should get max contracts, and we'll talk a little bit more of that here in a little while. But right, uh, it's just kind of one of those what's going to happen, you know. And yeah. those those guys lay their. And Clay kind of got was banged up a little bit earlier in this series too, um, where he had to miss a game, and then. But yeah, I think he, that was coming because of a hamstring, I believe. Yeah, that was elsewhere. Yeah, this was like if you see the way he landed and everything, it was just clearly like yeah, not not good, not good. You know, hats off to the Warriors. They are uh, hats off to the Raptors. Um, sorry, 
That's cool. It's, you know, my heart was with the Warriors, so I was yeah. talking a lot about them just now. <laughs> but hats off to the Raptors. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Canada gets their first NBA, sure. cha- that, NBA championship, see. which is really cool. The fact that have a an NBA championship in Canada now is... It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I, I would venture to guess all of Canada was pulling for the Raptors, and it was it was awesome to see the leadership that Kawhi Leonard um, exhibited Absolutely. because, you know, that's been in question in the past. I think Greg Popovich said he wasn't a leader when he was in San Antonio. And I would ask the question, Greg, do you still believe that? Because he just needs to lead in his own way. Yeah. He lead, you lead by example. And I, I'm the type of person that believes actions speak louder than words. Right. right? So if you go out there and you lead your team being the best player on the court, and exhibiting that and capitalizing on it, how are you not a leader? Right. And it's not like Kawhi's a ball hog, right? He no. fac- he still facilitates and gets the ball, you know, no. to others to try to score as well. So he's he's all around a, a a fantastic player. Like you can't ask for him to do much more. Right. Obviously, you know, well deserved MVP of the 2019 NBA NBA Finals. Um, I don't think there was any question that he was not going to get that recognition and obviously well-deserved. And I don't want to take anything away from Kawhi. I think what he did in the finals and the leadership that he showed was absolutely incredible. But I think that some of the role players really, really helped the Raptors capture that championship. Right. You know, like that... It, <sighs> If 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 there's a healthy, a full healthy Golden State team, I don't know that the Raptors win more than two games. Right. You know. Well, like when it, it, Iguodala won it that first year, Golden State won the ship. Right. If Iguodala doesn't have Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Sean Livingston. Right. And then and and I'm sure there were some other studs I'm forgetting that were young there because mm-hmm. that was years ago. Um, it's that kind of thing. Right. Right. So like Pascal Siakam, right? Okay. He guy played lights out in the, in the finals. Like he had some big games, um, and those were games that Toronto won too. So, you know, I look at that and say, well, no Pascal Siakam or not the production that he had that night, they don't win the game. Kawhi Kawhi can do a lot, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have Kawhi doesn't have a Steph Curry. Kawhi doesn't have a clay thompson no right he doesn't have a kevin durant no um so what so what they so what they did was very very impressive in my opinion uh, and i think probably a lot of people's opinions but if if you look at like just over the course of the season if if you don't know a lot about the raptors or the nba and i don't really know this either like if if you were just looking at their roster and you just had to take a guess at who the second leading score. You know, Kawhi Leonard's probably their leading scorer over the course of the season. You had to guess who's the second leading scorer on the team. I would have thought it would have been Kyle Lowry. Right, right. Just, you know, kind of that he's that other superstar that's on the team or like superstar caliber player, but he wasn't even close. It was Pascal Siakam, 17 point, averaged almost 17 points a game over the course of. And 
And last year, he only played like five games. I think that was due to injury. Okay. And the year before that was his rookie year, so they were still kind of molding him. So this yep. kid had a come-out year and absolutely killed it. And then in the finals, he just he showed up big. He did. And it wasn't just him. No. Um, you had that, that. I mean, all those centers there, Urbaca and yeah. Gasol. Gasol. They, they had a lot of well. depth. They had a lot of depth with big men. Yes, which I think certainly helped. It completely serves to somebody like uh, Kawhi, who's going to run around and catch as many rebounds as he can, and he's going to totally. hustle play. Right. Um, with the Lowry and him hustle mm-hmm. playing. Yeah, it's the, that's what was scary is right. seeing the depth down low for those guys. Yeah, they had a lot of it. Yeah, and then Van Fleet, man. Yeah, like that fr- deed up so well. Yeah, Freddie Van Fleet. Um, and for those of you who don't know, was an undrafted, undrafted yeah, um, player out of Wichita State. Uh, ended up with a D League team. Um, I believe the Raptors D League team's like called Nine Hundred Five or something like that. And then, you know, he 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 basically went from like rags to riches, you know, in a short period of time, and played an integral role in the Raptors, you know, quest for a championship. Uh, well, came, defending defending Curry. Oh, defended defended Steph well. Yep. Not only that, he shot lights out in a couple of games. The the last game, specific the the game that won them, you know the the championship. Game six, right? I think he dropped like twenty six points and was like, I think he might have been fifty percent beyond the the three point line in that game. Important defensive role. Twenty two points. Okay. I, in game six, he had 22 points with five, five three threes. points. Yeah, five threes off the bench. Yeah. He basically was like a better version of what they were maybe hoping Danny Green would be. Mm. Right, um, right. So I, I, I just wanted to point that out. I thought that those two guys really played a big part. And again, I don't want to take anything away from Kawhi. He absolutely is, was the best player in the finals by far. He was, it was stupid watching him shoot sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was just like, just gross. Just non, non miss. Yeah. And then there was some game, there was a couple games though too. I'm like, he's not playing as well as he, yeah. you know, I did the night before. Yeah. And those are the games though too, where his teammates kind of, they helped fill that void, which is great. You know, I think that for so long, the NBA's. Yeah, gotten it, this kind of ridicule big for three like thing. the big three thing. It's cool to see there's this team that played great team basketball in the finals, and oddly enough, when Kawhi was hurt this year, they were better without him. Right. So there, so, there is that argument. So like, if you look at the record without Kawhi Leonard and with Ka- Kawhi Leonard, yeah, granted, they're all going to tell you we're a better team when Kawhi's on the floor, but record wise, they were better without Kawhi so they have this young group of talent that like I don't think got really recognized like it should have and you know we'll talk a little bit more about this later but shame on us for just throwing the east under the the bus the whole year we're just like nah (laughs) not gonna happen yeah so it looks like you had a note too that you wanted to share about I gotta I want to find the tweet so I'm gonna make a mark right here so I make sure to all right, yeah, my only point is that somebody, I couldn't find a tweet about it, but Steph ha- is 0 for 8 with 20 seconds left in an attempt to make the go-ahead winning shot. Interesting. In playoff games. 
0 for 8. 0 for 8. The greatest shooter of all time. The greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. And so, and LeBron's number one in any, and I couldn't find the percentage. That's what I wanted to show you was the percentage. But he's ahead of Michael too. And Kobe. And Kobe. And and it's by a clear percentage. And then and then we discussed like it's, you know, there's some factors into that possibly. But yeah, Steph like you can't he can't hit the game winning shot. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I guess I. We kind of, maybe we talked about it a little bit already, but um, before the podcast. But I guess the way I look at that is, you know, it's going to go to Steph under twenty seconds. Maybe it'll go to Clay every now and then, but Clay right. wasn't on the floor at that point. Right, right. If I remember correctly, um, no, and no. and he's going to draw a double team. Yep. And LeBron. Pro- and Kobe and Michael probably drew double teams too, but there's a difference between a guy that's what is Steph six two six three, if that maybe, yeah, and a guy like LeBron whose release point is going to be almost a half a foot more. Easy, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I won't make excuses for Steph. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Being zero for eight to hit a go ahead shot in playoff games is not a great, great. Uh, that you would hope that you he's he, yeah. you know it's just kind of like but he's still got all those rings so <laughs> I guess it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah I mean maybe some of those games like they didn't need to win it right you know or they were already ahead by so much that it was like yeah you know he's zero for eight in playoff games to hit the go ahead shot. How many of those do it, did they end up winning anyways? Yeah, that yeah. would be my question. And what and how many of those games was it like? W- were they up three one in some of these? Right. Other? And then there's this. There's there's keep, people keep sharing the picture of like the only t- teams down three one in the playoffs. There's only been thirty eight, or all thirty eight have failed. But of the thirty nine, it just shows a picture of LeBron with his shades on. Dude. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. That was uh, that was my petty little middle, no, little I, note I, about stuff. I I, th- I think that that's that's some good uh, it's some good a, knowledge. It it is funky. Yeah. All it's right. Interesting. Free agency. Yeah. So we'll get into this the meat and potatoes of this a little more, but you know, with the it kind of goes to to fall back on the injury side of stuff with Clay with. Kevin with Kevin Durant and both of those guys were looking at max contracts based on what I've read and heard the Warriors intentions even with the injuries and Kevin likely being out for all of next year mm-hmm. Clay optimistically could maybe come back in February if everything goes well and as plan you know as planned I think that's pretty optimistic it's you know, usually it's a, a lot of usually it's injected. yeah, you got to have a lot. And yeah, they probably have the money to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, if anybody's it's um, going to be a super max. It sounds like they're they're still going to offer them max contracts. And unless, you know, Kevin or Clay want to take, you know, their talents elsewhere, I got to imagine I would imagine at least one of them stays, if not both, even though the rumors are kind of that, like maybe Kevin wants to out of town he's got his championship you know he's accomplished what he needs to but look those guys are only getting older yeah right so you yeah. you you have an injury like that at your point at the point i think obviously clay is the younger of the two you know so he still has some time to but 
that's an injury like the Achilles injury too. Getting a zipper on the back of your freaking heel is man, that that's a tough that's one of the tougher injuries to come back from. And at Kevin's point in his career too, where are you gonna go? Like maybe New yeah. York. I know he's good friends with um DeAndre Jordan. Okay. That was the reason he almost went to the Clippers. Okay. I would imagine he'd probably if he went to New York, he'd probably want someone else around him besides maybe Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, there was that that hubbub. We talked about it a few episodes ago about you know. Yeah. So. So it it'll be a fun off season. Yeah. For sure. it, but it, it it's good to see that the Warriors plan to do that. I mean, like. Yeah. Oh, it'd be, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And I th- I think that look, it's an admir it's an admiration thing, right? They both those guys, even though they were both injured, went out and they put their bodies on the line to try to yeah. win a championship for the organization again. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for much. And so I think that they're just, you know, reciprocating their appreciation for that. And, you know, hey, I think their GM, Bob Myers, was on the verge of tears when both of those situations happened and they happened in back to back to back games. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, at what point do you just throw your hands up and you're like, all right, what's next? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then what was next is then you end up losing. And it's just right. like, ah. but apparently they can do this too because of the move from Oracle to their new arena and the amount of revenue that that's going to produce with like, you know, it's a new arena. Where where is the new arena? It's uh in the so it's in the San Francisco Bay. Okay. So they're basically moving across town from Oakland to San Fran. Okay. It's out on one of the piers, actually. It's pretty. It's gonna be pretty swanky. It, it looks pretty swanky. Yeah, it's That's like literally, literally like right up against the water almost. That's kind of cool. So you better hope there's never an earthquake because that <laughs> thing's falling straight into the ocean. <laughs> Cross your fingers, knock on wood. That never happens, Corb. How how much does it cost to build a stadium, do you oh, think? Oh, dude. Should I Google that? Yeah, you probably should. I I can't imagine. Well, let's let's look at it like this. It was probably the most one of the most expensive arenas that's been built, you know, in the last I would imagine just because 1.4 billion. Yeah, that's insane. That's actually less than I thought it would be. Which but that's in like remember San Francisco is like one of the most expensive cities to live in in America. That's what I'm saying. I would think a project of that magnitude on the water and stuff like that that like just the degree of everything. It was self financed. Holy smokes! One point five billion or one point four billion, man. I was thinking like multiple billions of dollars to build something, but I guess I just don't know. It's the first time I've actually Googled that before. Yeah. I wonder what the most expensive next Google the most expensive sta- stadiums. Well, I would imagine it's like Texas Stadium or whatever. Cowboys, Cowboys yeah. Most expensive sports stadium. Yankee 1.5, Levi's 1.2, AT&T 1.15, Madison Square 1.1. U.S. Bank. Do you know where these are? Why don't they tell yeah. me the location? Just click on that link right there. The most expensive stadiums in sports. <laughs> yeah, Yankee Stadium's in New York. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, that one was relatively straightforward. Uh, Barclays is in Brooklyn, which is newer. U.S. Um, Bank. U.S. Bank is in Minneapolis. That's brand new. Madison, Madison Square Garden. AT and T, which is Cowboys. Cowboys. It was That's up only there. Number seven, though. 
that's a surprising. Levi's were the. I mean, n- these are so close. One point one five, one point two, one point one, one point five is Yankee. Would you? Sorry, Levi's, Levi's where the Niners play is uh, MetLife, which is East Rutherford. That's where the Giants and Jets play. Right? Okay, that makes sense because Mercedes a- Benz, one point six billion. Hotlanta. That's brand new, right? Yeah, like as of 2017. 2017, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, I, I'm not surprised. Okay, it wow. hasn't even opened. 2.4 billion for the dollars. Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Unreal. The oh, Raiders and they're, yeah. Broke ground. Over, okay, it's supposed to open this, what? Go Scroll back down real quick. I want to see that. Plans to open for the 2019-2020 season. 80,000 80, people. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, folks, $2.66 billion. And up to 100,000 seats for concerts. Wow. 2028 Summer Olympics. Yep, there you go. That's That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Spiderwebs. I kind of like that, though. That's some cool sports-related randomness. That's randomness. That's cool. So free agency... You know, to circle back on free agency, Clay and KD still probably going to get max contracts. The Warriors have said they intend to offer them that. I'm sure there will be other teams in the mix. Um, I heard that there's like two or other, two or three other teams already that were like, yeah, we'll give KD a max contract even in, with a you know, ruptured Achilles. Yeah. So you're basically saying you're going to give him a contract and he's not going to play for a year, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, wow. That doesn't happen in sports a lot. Talk about the clout. He certainly, has. certainly doesn't happen in football. I oh, you know, yeah, never. So, I think that speaks. I, the only thing I will say, remember when Marshawn, there was all that question about what he was going to get paid, and then the Hawks came out and were like, they gave him one year, they gave him like ten million dollars. Yeah, and, the, and it was just like he's already outplayed what we paid him before. Right. Kind of reminds me of that. You yeah, know, like, totally. Just like, he's the best. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but right. but then some big news happened today, just this afternoon. You want to go to trades real quick? Or you want to go to trades right now? Yeah. All right. I want to do this this stay versus bail thing where I just want to rapid fire okay. games at you. But we can do it after the trades. Do your okay. news. Do your news. No, no, no. Let's okay. do stay bail. You want to stay, stay versus bail. All right. I'm just going to say a name and Trev's just going to say if he thinks they're going to resign or not and this is kind of going to be like you say a word and what's the first thing you think of when you say it potato (laughs) french fries mcdonald's burger king chicken nuggets i should have said whopper why didn't i say whopper i I don't know but i couldn't respond to chicken nuggets that blanked me i i didn't know what to say i was just gonna say you could have said chanticleer you could have said chanticleer what's that you remember that uh, Disney movie way back in the day, Rock-A-Doodle-Doo? No. What is this? What movie it was about that? a chicken, like a singing chicken, man. Chanticleer. I'm sure if I saw a picture of it, I'm, I know. It's I'll, probably I'll lame that I know this. 91. 91, dude, yeah. Oh, I remember this thing. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right, stay versus Bill. Stay Bill. Kyrie Irving. Bill. Kevin Durant. Mm. I'm going to, I think he's going to stay. Okay. Jimmy Butler. That's a good one. Bell. Bell. Okay. Al Horford. 
I think he's going to stay. Yeah. Oh, if James Harden's a free agent. Is he, though? No, if he is. If he is. If he was? Yeah. He would probably bail. Okay. Okay, then on that same team, uh, baseball. There, uh, he could get traded. Okay. I think that there's a strong chance he gets he traded. Get packaged with something. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, like, maybe go back to New Orleans. Oh. Like, the Pelicans have picks now that... Oh, yeah. Which, which leads... But I, they already have Drew Holiday, so... He's kind of aging at this point a little bit. But he could be a role player. I mean, there's, yeah. no, there's no problem having two point guards, like... No, you're right. All right, uh, Paul George. Or did he just resign? Yeah, he's not a free agent. Russ. Russ. I think Russ is going to bail. You think he's out? Yeah. Okay. I could totally see him ending up in New York. Maybe him and KD end up in New York. Okay. I don't know if they can rekindle that, but you would if they could, it would be awesome. Yeah. Damian Lillard if he's a free agent. If he was a free agent, he would stay. Okay. All right. Kawhi Leonard. This is a really tough one. I can't see any reason why he wouldn't stay. But I do feel like there's going to be a team out there that offers more money than Toronto does. Yeah, and he kind of commands that, like, look look what I can do. Kemba Walker. Definitely bail. Okay. Clay and we'll, Th- talk, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I don't want to say few, too much a few, about a few, that. A few minutes. Clay Thompson. Stay. Tobias Harris. If Jimmy goes, Tobias stays. Okay. Chris Middleton from St- Bucks. Stays. Yeah, the Bucks got to stay together. D'Angelo Russell. So... If they can, Brooklyn will need to be aggressive in free agency and bring someone else in or okay. have a plan to bring someone else in. Otherwise, he could absolutely bail. Okay. Nikola Vesucevic. There's going to be a team looking for probably his services. So unless Orlando like matches and feels like he's worth that, then. Yeah, he's out. Boogie. Um, I think. Because the Warriors will offer max contracts to Kevin and Clay. Clay, I will have to say bail. If one of them does not decide to stay, I could absolutely see Boogie staying. For sure. Porzingis, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Stay. Mark Gasol. Retire? That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Retire. <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Stay. Go back to, so Harrison Barnes is a free agent? Yep. Mm, I could see him bailing and potentially ending up back in the Bay. Yeah. They're going to need depth in shooting if Kevin or one of those two, Kevin Durant or Clay Thompson, leave. Yep. Or if they're both injured. Yeah. Or, yeah. So they're going to have to address that in the draft, too. They're probably going to try to find the best, one of the best, better shooters in the draft just to add shooting depth. Yeah. But if one of those guys leaves, I could totally see him going after Harrison Barnes. He was already there. He was a great player when he was with Golden State. Yep. That that was he, one of the he, guys he, I was, he knew gelled I was forgetting well. about er, he, in their earlier yeah, years. Yeah, he he gelled really well with with Steph and Clay and Draymond yeah. and Iggy like he could absolutely I could absolutely see him ending up somewhere else and maybe even back back in the bay and the Golden State. Cool. That was fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. It might be a new segment, Stay Bail. Yeah, Stay or Bail. We could do it for every, you know, everyone. 
That is the new segment, man. We were going <laughs> the new the new segment this episode was gonna be that we didn't have one. Right. But now we have but one. But now we have one. Stay or bail. Stay or bail. Congratulations. Nice. Well done, Trev. I love that, <laughs> dude. All right. The trades. Yeah, so some, news some big us. yeah, some big news today. Probably one of the biggest trades I've seen in like maybe NBA history. Um, yeah, we knew that the Lakers were in the market for Anthony Davis. That's been Very in the obvious. works for quite some time, you know, as far back as, you know, earlier this year, the, uh, Pelicans were not responding apparently to like any of the Lakers, like, you know, offers. Um, and then the Lakers threw the biggest offer at them <laughs> and they had no choice. They got three players. And three first round draft picks. Yeah. For Anthony Davis. In in um So the Lakers Lonzo, Yeah, so the Lakers Yeah, so the Lakers traded Lonzo Ball. First round draft pick, right? Who is a first round draft pick? They traded um Brandon Ingram. First round draft pick, right? I believe so. He was one of those guys who played one year for Duke and then declared. Right. So I'm pretty sure he was a first at least first yeah. or second round. So. Yeah. And then Josh Hart, plus three first-round draft picks. One of those first-round draft picks is the number four overall pick this year. So the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, now have the first pick in the draft and the number four pick in the draft. Um, And let's talk about what their starting lineup potentially looks like should they draft Zion Williamson one overall, which they likely will. The Pelicans' starting lineup looks like this. Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Zion Williamson, and Julius Randle. Pretty, pretty sweet. Good, pretty good young team. Pretty good young team. Pretty good young team. I think Drew's probably the oldest player on that entire squad. And half of or them at least have the starting a chip five. on their shoulder. Yeah, they all have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, it was a lot, though, for... I mean, it's an atrocious amount. Yeah, it's <laughs> for one player, that is... You know, to team him up with LeBron James, is it make will it make the Lakers better? Yeah, maybe they still have Rajon Rondo. They got to keep Kyle Kuzma in the deal, yeah, which, which was huge amazing. because earlier in you know the season when they were trying to make this trade happen, he was Kuzma, part of it. Kuzma was going to be part of the deal, and it didn't happen. So the fact that the Lakers got to keep Kuzma was huge because I think that play, I think he he's going to be a a good player for that organization for quite some time. But this is what makes it even more interesting. Because of that trade, within the last few hours, it has come to public knowledge that the Lakers will make Kemba Walker their top target in free agency to assemble a new big three, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, And I, I totally, that's the reason why I said, I think Kemba Bales Unless he unless he has such an infatuation with the city of Charlotte and wants to be there. But like who doesn't want to win a championship, right? Who doesn't want to play for the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the most storied franchises in NBA history? Yeah. Um I I can't see this not being a situation where Kemba doesn't end up in a Lakers jersey, um, unless, you know, the Lakers decide to pull the plug on that idea and go in a completely different direction right which you've got there's apparently genuine interest in signing jimmy butler 
I don't know. And that was that news came out yesterday prior to this news about Kemba Walker being their top target, free agent target. They probably, I mean, they're the Lakers. They probably can find a way to sign both those guys. If they did, uh, yeah, the Lakers are definitely, I mean, so the odds for them to win the NBA finals next year were uh, seven to two after just the Anthony Davis trade. Okay. So that's the best out of like any team in the NBA. And yeah, they did that last year too when LeBron got traded to the Lakers like they were the favorites to win. Right. But it's like now they're the favorites because they have Anthony Davis. They're going to they're gonna add at least one or two more guys in free agency. Uh, there was a rumor that they had interest in Derek Favors too out of Utah. Okay. Uh, the place for the Jazz. So they're going to be active. And yeah, it's not, I guess, unfair to consider them a favorite to maybe compete for in the NBA Finals. But again, there's 80-some games. You got to stay healthy for all of them. All, all 80. You know? And LeBron can't, you know, after 25 games, go to ownership and be like, hey, we got to trade that guy. He's just not working out for us. Yeah. So... It'll be really fun next year. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because the Warriors got usurped, and now there's so much. I mean, that list of free agents is... The- well, and if the Pelicans hang on to that fourth pick, because apparently immediately like teams were con- contacting the Pelicans about oh, they the, the, fourth, the fourth overall pick, and I would imagine that would be like a, hey, we'll give you a player and this pick for your number four overall pick or whatever. But if they hung on to both those, I mean, I can, there's some great players in this draft, you know, like yeah. yes. there's some great players that can absolutely make that Pelicans team good here in a few years. I and mean, they, they might be good next year just well, because yeah. of it. Yeah. Cause um, the young guys they have, they've got some experience now. Gonna be fun to watch what happens there. In, Levar in, Ball in, said it's gonna be the biggest mistake the Lakers ever made, man. It it could easily be. I mean, you've got an aging LeBron, and like we've said, like is Anthony Davis enough? I you saw someone tweet so. that they thought Anthony Davis was Dwight Howard two point I would not be surprised if that turns out. Yeah, the guy only played in fifty six games this year. And he's averaging twenty five point nine points a game. It's pretty pretty good. And twelve boards. All right. I stand corrected, man. Last year, averaged twenty eight with and eleven boards. Twenty sixteen, averaged twenty eight points and eleven, almost twelve boards. And I'm sure he's good for at least a block or two a game. Oh gosh, yeah. I kind of want to know what his block stats are. Is this is what this one's saying right here? Is he's blocking? His average is two point four blocks in this year. That is correct. A game. A game. So, in a, in other years, he was closer to three blocks a game yeah. on average. Yeah, which is pretty which high. Some were. He's basically basically blocks. like one of the the best, if not the if not the best, block artist in. The NBA. I'm over here just talking a bunch of trash. You should have just been like, <laughs> dude, like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're yeah. going to talk really good about this guy. Like he's he's a good player, man. <laughs> and 
let's think about that too. In LeBron's career, when has he had a down low? Okay, you're saying like a, a prime. I would say this is more of like a Kobe Shaq situation. Okay, okay. LeBron LeBron AD. Yeah. Um, so, and I just don't think that he's had that like caliber of player down low. Okay. You know, that he's maybe a little bit with Bosch, but Bosch wasn't like AD, you know, like Bosch was more of a power forward. She could shoot like, not that AD can't shoot, but. But he wasn't that big body center. Right. Yeah. He wasn't a big body center. Like this is a guy that has an offensive and defensive presence. Yeah. Yeah. So. That'll be kind of interesting, you know, like it, yeah. LeBron hasn't had that in the past, and I think that that could absolutely be a... Well, once you, you put add, a good point guard like yeah. Kemba Walker on that team. Kemba, or you get Kyrie over there. Yeah, man. you could get Kyrie too. I really hope Kyrie, because he reached out to him this year, and he was like, yeah. dude, I'm sorry, like, I, the way I, whatever, the way he handled whatever. Yeah, I just don't know that, like, if it... If it didn't work the first time, what's gonna, how's it going to work the second time? But it time? did work, though. It worked Yeah, they got, to the fi- they got to the finals. They, f- they went, came, wasn't, that was the 3-1 year, right? Yeah. That, they were t- amazing. That was so fun. Yeah. And, and LeBron was able to dump it to Kyrie, and he could do his magic. And that was, I don't know. I, I just hope, I hope for, from my heart that I hope that's what happens. Yeah. Like, that would be awesome. But if Kemba goes there... I think it would be cool to see either one of them, but I can't, I'm leaning a little bit more to like seeing Kemba paired up with him. Yeah. Just because just be we've already seen see the Kyrie LeBron thing. You're right. It, it's a, it's cool a new face with a new, you know, this new like big three that's surrounding arguably one of the great, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. My bad, dude. How many times did that happen with Michael? Michael didn't get guys put around him. No. superstars put around him like over and over again. I mean, yeah, the Bulls were great, but they had a lot of those players already and yeah, they signed some of them for like But they were like they were like the Andre Iguodala's and the Sean Livingston's and in like a Draymond. Like there wasn't this whole hey, let's put two other huge superstars yeah. next to Michael Jordan. Yeah. They LeBron added, like, James Rodman. has changed the game that way. He played one role. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It's 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 gonna be fun off season to see how this all pans out and definitely uh, definitely looking forward to it. Trev, tell us what happened at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll, yeah, we'll so we NBA. we've been talking Stanley Cup Finals for, or at least the Stanley Cup playoffs for the last couple episodes. <clears throat> Playoff hockey is one of the most exciting things to watch. We've determined that. Yeah, I'm a fan now. I'm going to try a lot more to watch the regular season because it, it especially Seattle should probably have their team starting now or next year, right? You would think. I think it's the following season. Oh, 2020. Yeah. Cool. But um the St. Louis Blues have defeated the Boston Bruins, which is good for the Stanley Cup uh final. It's the first time the Blues have won a Stanley Cup, which is exciting. Oh, that's cool. Another franchise got another, their first another, championship. Yeah, another franchise got their first championship. That's cool, man. Um, and they did it against a, one of the franchises that has... the most sto- One of the most storied histories. I looked it up, too. I thought, like, well, yeah, I thought Boston was like up there with, you know, they've got to have the most. And I think they have six. 
Yeah. Guess who has the most Stanley Cups? You won't be surprised when I tell you this. Is it the LA Stars? No. Detroit Red Wings. No, Detroit is third on third or fourth on the list. Um, it's stupid. This I didn't realize this. I should have. But this team is the based. Canucks. No. Damn it. But it is a Canadian team. The Montreal Canadiens. And they are basically like the New York Yankees of hockey. <laughs> they have 24 Stanley Cup championships. I had no clue. I figured like some franchise probably has like nine or ten. Is maybe. that like, the most championships of any franchise of any sport? No, I think the Yankees still have. Oh, for a little. Yeah, light. the oh, Yankees okay. have like 27 World Series championships. Okay. Or something. So they're still pretty close, though. Because to me, yeah. once you get into the 20s, that seems ridiculous. That uh, we should look it up real quick. The, 1800s. Sports franchises with the most championships. I believe it's the New York Yankees. What, were we at? what was I looking at Boston for real quick? We were looking at how many they have. How they, many have they have six, I believe. Okay, and you want to go to the... We'll start with sports franchises with the most championships. New York Yankees, Montreal Canadiens, Boston Celtics... The Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. I thought, the, I thought the Yankees had a lot more than that. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe it was. Maybe, maybe these are only maybe considering 20, maybe certain numbers. It might have been twenty-seven AL league. championships or yeah. something like that. Yeah, or you know how they'll they'll do certain eras. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, during the actual World Series <laughs> era. Dallas Cowboys, then the Pittsburgh Steelers, then the Detroit Red Wings, then the San Francisco Niners. Yeah. yeah. Montreal Canadiens, storied franchise in hockey. MMA. Uh, before no. before we move on to MMA, okay. Hats off to uh, Ryan O'Reilly for winning the Con Con Smythe Trophy, which is given to the best player in the uh, Stanley Cup, it's like the MVP Stanley Cup uh, Finals or Championship. Yeah, he's like the MVP. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is a former Buffalo Saber. I'm a big Sabers fan, so. Uh, was sad to see that he couldn't do it with the Saber franchise, Buffalo Sabers franchise, but pretty exciting to see him do it. Uh, I guess with another franchise, we got the better end of that deal, though. I'm <laughs> s- still certain of that. He got his championship, but we got a few first round picks out of that deal. So, I uh, <laughs> I will uh, say congratulations, Ryan, and wish you were maybe still. Playing with the Sabres. Maybe come back to the Sabres. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of a short segment, but definitely wanted to touch on it since we've been talking about NHL hockey. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot more because yeah, Seattle's we'll, we'll, getting a team. Yeah, we'll talk about a lot more because Seattle's getting a franchise. This is perfect. We'll take next year to prime it. Exactly. Work the kinks out. Understand what the mm-hmm. we're even saying. Mm-hmm. And then, then we'll just be ready to be like the biggest super fans of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That actually might be something we should probably try to like get in on and like meta tagging as far as like now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways. They need to like name the freaking franchise first. Yeah. Though. That would help. That would help. And they know that like there's podcasts out there that are already talking about NHL hockey in Seattle. Yeah. NHL Seattle. And 
Crushing some vines. I, I can't stop eating these. Crushing dude. some vines. I'm trying to make sure I leave you some. No, dude. I bring them over so that you just eat them all. Okay. All right. Well, these are like. We should we, we should talk to uh, who who makes red vines. Is it Mars? We need to talk about a sponsorship because we somebody eat, somebody needs to sponsor this. One, thing. they're made in California. Redvines.com. We'll have to email them. See if we can get a little bit of sponsorship money. Sure, here. just be like we we eat these every episode. We eat them every episode. And we the American Licorice Company, Laporte, Indiana. I'll be damned. We should just show up. We should we should we should make a pilgrim we should make a pilgrimage to Laporte, Indiana. Present ourselves. Present ourselves, and then our product, aka the podcast. Yep. Show up. Which will be. Uh, renaming here mm. stay tuned on that yeah, next we'll episode next episode potentially the release of the new name of the podcast that's actually a really good idea that'd be fun yeah so i'm gonna have a month to do it right that's plenty of time mma yep mama mama all right so we had some fun last couple of weeks last weekend ufc 238 yep knocked out. Marlon Moraes. Yeah, that was one of the best adjustments I've ever seen a fighter. Mid-round? Well, yeah, like after the first round. I think there was probably some people or enthusiasts, MMA enthusiasts that might have been watching that. I, I kind of thought that like Moraes might have, that might have been a 10-8 round in the first round. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he was he absolutely was tearing. Ass. He was systematically breaking down Henry Cejudo. Yeah, he couldn't, Cejudo couldn't reach him. And then I almost want to say that, I think in the second round, I, well, I might stand corrected here, but I think in the second round, Cejudo sta- uh, changed his stance. Oh. Um, and it might have, might have made things a little more difficult for Marlon. Yeah. But that was one of the best adjustments I've ever seen. Out of, um. Cejudo continues to just do that. Uh, as as corny and as cheesy as he is on the outside, like he just yeah. he keeps stepping up, and he's he's got as as cringy as his coaches and all that. His yeah. camp and the way they train, they're one of those camps where they work really hard and really well together. Totally, they got that Patricio. Uh, I don't know his last Pitbull? name. Pitbull. Pitbull. He's in free their air. Camp. Free air. He's in their camp. Mm-hmm. So they got two double champs in their camp. Mm-hmm. A Bantam and a Featherweight mm-hmm. in Bellator. And then you've got uh, flipping um, Flyweight and a Bantamweight in the UFC, which is what they were fighting for in last weekend. Is uh same title. camp as um, just fought Adesanya? Why am I space? Gaslam, yes. Kelvin and him are yeah. same camp. They're working together in a lot of different things, I think. Because when Kelvin w- walked around with that UFC, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was Hudo's belt. <laughs> that was funny. And then this weekend, last night, the Bellator 222, I believe, um, Roy McDonald and Neiman Gracie. Yeah. They, uh, I didn't get to see that fight, but it sounds like it was a pretty good fight. It was a great fight. I did. I thought Rory was going to lose. He the, After his last fight, he was talking about how he's literally losing the desire to fight people. And so it's kind of hard to bet on a guy who says that. And, right. And he did it. He won a unanimous decision. 
he did well. Uh, for a, a Gracie, anybody who's heard the name Gracie, you probably know that they're Brazilian arguably the ju- best Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. artists ever. So it, it, when um, watching Rory uh, in that fight last night, he was constantly defending and stuffing takedowns and stuff. It just yeah, just any sort of MMA grappling. Wow, Rory was like top man, notch. top. He's just he's such a stud. Yeah. You know, and so he won the UD and then the uh the fights before that were pretty fun. They were there was a couple of boring ones in the beginning, but then they got uh Dylan Dennis got a first round submission. Yep, sub uh, arm bar, but he beat the crap out of him right before that. And then uh uh Connor was probably happy about that. We were waiting to see him do some cocaine move and like <laughs> hop in the <laughs> whatever the cage but he didn't he wasn't there did dylan dennis do the conor mcgregor strut afterwards no but he said something i missed his post speech but or his post fight speech but saying he called himself the best he's like the best grappler best anything he's just the best oh and so it was like okay okay um you have two fights in the bellator so Mm -hmm. take it easy but he beat him up and then he subbed him with an arm bar and then uh, the other fight was um, Lyoto Machida versus Chael Sonnen. Which he TKO'd. Yeah, and again, Sean, was calling Sonnen. it. Sonnen just kept doing the same thing. He just head down, walk in. And yeah. he was saying Machida's game is to just... Kick you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All I can see is just... I have this image of like a Neanderthal and Chael Sonnen like... Just kind of, you know, grunting and grunting and walking forward towards you, and then like this, just taekwondo artist in maybe Lyoto Machida, just bouncing he, around, he like just just Bruce like Lee. bouncing around, and then he just front kicks him right in the forehead, and so he's opening him up with body kicks, yeah. and he, he like three times, three body kicks right in a row, mm. and Chael's just like, uh, uh, I can't imagine, uh, yeah, uh. yeah, I can't imagine those are, yeah, those and then great. he threw a flying knee, Ooh. caught him. Dropped him. I'm surprised they didn't stop the fight, but he was able to survive. Wow. Until the end of the round. And then the second Tough round. Chin. First thing he does is he, same thing, <laughs> flying knee KO. And it was just like, wow. Okay, later. And then he retired at the end. Yeah, it looked like I saw the uh, post fight uh, press conference and it looked like he was, his eye was pretty, pretty, pretty He's swollen. He's beat up. He's beat up. So. Aaron uh, Pico got dropped, huh? Yeah, you yeah, our um segment uh Trev had brought up Aaron Pico and yeah, he got uh, a flying knee KO. Yeah. Against a dude who honestly looked identical to him. Mm. So maybe that guy's primed for greatness as well. Yeah. But everybody's kind of down on Aaron Pico right now because he's yeah. dropped the last two. Yeah, dude, he's just like, you know, he needs to stick to the ground game. Like he needs to take guys down and punch them on the ground. And I think that he's, but he works with a really good boxing coach. So I think he works with Freddie Roach actually. Okay. And he spars with like, now he's with Jackson Wink, huh? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. They'll get him right, dude. That's the best gym in MMA. Yeah, he, he's 22 years old. So yeah, he like basically foregoed 
going to college yeah to essentially pursue an MMA career and he's he was like a, if i'm not mistaken one of the best freestyle wrestlers in like high school history us national championships to, all three styles all three styles national championships got the dan hodge trophy the equivalent of the heisman trophy olympic trials no teenager mm-hmm. had made the freestyle wrestling team for 40 years. So he's a 19-year-old Olympic trials. He was a national junior Golden Glove champion in boxing. Hmm. Pancration championship. Hmm. He'll come around, man. He's young. He's super young. He'll I just hope fine. that it doesn't turn out to be like Sage, you know, 2.0. Does, but does Sage have that? Was Sage that much of an athlete? Sage is a model. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think that Sage was like a world like Taekwondo champion or something but like that. Was he like an Olympic wrestler? I don't know about that. But like, you know, those Taekwondo or karate championships or whatever. Not like taken the, away those, from that those, would, those would be in like, if that was an Olympic sport, that would be the equivalent. True. No, I'm not trying to take away from that. I just, I don't... There's people like Aaron Pico reminds me of somebody like DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sage reminds me of somebody like Wonder Boy or even Rory McDonald. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're like, you never know where they would have gone had they lived the life of a DC yeah. or an Aaron Pico. Yeah. I think that honestly, this is probably the best. This is probably the best situation for Aaron Pico. Like, take your licks as a young mm-hmm. fighter. He's going to get where he wants to be i mean well, look at look at some of the best 20s and he's put on a streak of like eight wins right well look at some of the best like mma fighters in their divisions right now too yeah at the know? 145 because at, at, at any at any level at any weight class i would say like like look at a guy like george mosvidal yeah the guy's 33 and 13 yeah sometimes right. it takes 50 fights before you get to where you really want to be Totally. A lot, you know, like a lot of work has to go into it. He's only 22 years old, man. I mean, he's got at least, unless things go really bad for him, I would say he's got at least another 10 years of fighting in him, if not longer. Yeah, if that's what he wants to do, 10 years easy. Which, if he, if he, you're right, takes your licks now when you're young. Yeah, he'll figure it out, man. I mean, he's with a great gym, and. He's got the wrestling background. He, I think that he, I mean, naturally when you're an, a mixed martial artist and you have some sort of boxing background too, you na- you naturally want to like knock people out, right? right. Like that's, that's what's going to be more impressive. That's what's going to get you, but like he probably needs to lean a little bit more on his ground game and just develop that and maybe become like the, Tito Ortiz of his weight class and just punish guys on the ground. Hopefully. Can't have a prospect like that not not like pan out. Yeah. He will. Yeah. It might take a while, but I at least I hope he does. UFC two thirty nine coming up. <clears throat> yeah. It's a pretty big fun one. card. International Fight Week, July sixth. Yeah, there'll be two cards in July. Two cards. So July sixth. This is this is John Jones, Thiago Santos. We've talked about that a little bit. Is the fight night? 
Is, when's the US UFC on ESPN three? Is on I think the twenty ninth. So Francis Ngannou Junior Dos Santos. What's on Fight Night one fifty five right after two thirty nine? Because usually they have like they usually had. Mandarin. Oh, it's just the following week. Okay, never mind. So UFC two thirty nine, huge card. Both the main and preliminary card are stacked with fights. Let's start with the prelims. Gilbert Melendez. Is he coming out of retirement to fight? He hasn't fought in so long. 2017, he lost to Jeremy's. That was the last time he fought, right? once a year. He hasn't fought since 2017? He's lost once a year. And yeah, he hasn't fought since 2017. Wow. Last win is against Diego Sanchez. In 2013? Yeah. He lost to Anthony Pettis, Eddie uh, Alvarez. Lost to Barbosa. Jeremy Stevens. Arnold That's- Allen taking on the young, young Stunna. Yeah, giving him a... The Almighty. Give him a test. Oh, my mouse is freaking... Interesting. That'll be that. I wonder. That'll. That's probably like, hey, if you can stop this kid, maybe he fights again, or maybe it's just sort of like his. I want to be able to retire fighting. Yeah. So it might be his opportunity to like, do that. Leave the gloves in the middle of the ring. Sean O'Malley's coming back against Marlon Vera. That'll be a great fight. Yep. Claudia Gadeja versus. Ronda Marcos, that'll help kind of lin- line out the straw. Wave. And Alejandro Perez versus Song Yedong. I don't know who those guys are. I feel like I've seen Alejandro Perez before. All right, so then on the main card. Yeah. It's huge. Huge card. Michael Chiesa, our boy. Mike Chiesa against Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. Spokane uh, native. Getting to fight one of his, uh, one of his. I think Diego is actually one of his favorite fighters of all yeah. time too. Has a lot. Just, has a lot of respect. I think he posted something about like, you know, for all, you know, for fifteen minutes, all the uh, respect and admiration will be put aside. Well, he he kind of felt the same way. Guess it felt the same way about Condit. Yeah, Carlos Condit. Yeah. So he's coming off a win off of that sub and condit in a one-armed Kimura. It was pretty sweet. Which was filthy. That was pretty rad. And then Luke Rockhold making his light heavyweight UFC debut. Yeah, that'll be sweet. I'm excited to see him step up to that weight class because I think he could do some serious damage. He's fighting Jan Blaschowicz. Yep. Funky Ben Askren. All right, here you go. I want to know is who going, you're on this is, is, <laughs> Funky Van Askren is going to take on Jorge Masvidal, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. George, mm-hmm. and a three-piece in the soda. Mm-hmm. And that will uh, be followed by Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm, which I think is, I mean, those are two prototypical boxers. That could be an exciting fight. That could be a lot of fun. So... 
Um, and then you top that off. I mean, that's- you top that off with John Jones versus Tiago Santos. And I think that this is a dangerous fight for John. Because Tiago's insane. Tiago's insane, man. And he has crazy knockout power. If John can keep him at a distance and do his. But yeah, John does kicking. so things, so many things so well. I'd be interested to see like how the maybe the jiu-jitsu game comes into fact because John's a pretty good jiu-jitsu artist too. Yes. Yeah. But I got to imagine Tiago brings a pretty stellar game. So as well, Tiago better be ready to go four rounds at, yeah. at a minimum. Yeah. Because if he thinks he's gonna finish it in three, he's not. He's got. He's gonna have to. He would have to knock him out. I mean, it would have to be like. It would have to be like John's a. going to let him even get close to him. Yeah. In the first. What's three the reach rounds. differential? Let's look at it. So you got John Jones is Woo! six three versus Woo! six two. Look at that reach. An eighty four point five inch. Oh versus my word. Seventy six. Eight point five inch reach differential. So John's built like a spider, and then Tiago Santos is built like a typical fighter that looks like a pit bull. You know, where they're just like lots of shoulders. Upside down triangle shaped body. Yeah. And so I just see John keeping him yeah. at a distance, moving, not yeah. allowing Tiago to like get set. Work, work the anything. leg kicks. Oh, yeah. Body kicks. Body kicks, yeah. And then set up head kicks. And then um, if Tiago gets in on him, he's just going to have to rush him. He's going to have to take shots coming in. And if John's movement is like not on par, That'll only happen in the later rounds, so I right. don't really see Tiago not being able to, or not. I don't see him rushing as much in the later rounds. So I, just, I don't know. It just sucks. I don't, I don't know who's gonna beat John. I don't know who's gonna beat him. Luke Rockhold. That would. I, I hope Luke starts tearing <laughs> through. But I'm just. I threw it out there because there are two light. He's up there. There are two light heavyweights that are also on the card. Yeah, and I would imagine one of those guys. Whoever wins that fight might be in, might be in contention to. It might be one more fight after that, but I could have totally imagined whoever wins that fight is probably a top three or four fighter in the division, right? Yeah. So, you know, one would think that eventually they get a shot at John, unless John like decides to retire. Yeah, he's he's lost so much time though. Yeah. But at a it's a great card, though, man. It, it Top is to a bottom. Great card. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be a fun one. So it'll then, be a fun one. We'll skip over UFC 240 because right now they really only got Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar on the. Uh, That'll be a good one. Cyborg or Chris Cyborg and Felicia Spencer is the only their probably main card fight they have booked. Which they need to get on that because that's showing up at the end of the. What's the women flyweight one? Go back. Scroll down. Oh, okay. Hmm. See how it's like it's all those are. Yeah, all they're gonna need they're gonna need to add like oh, hopefully another. They need fight. to hurry up too because it's it's literally almost a month away. Yeah. All right, uh UFC two forty one is the only one that's really worth talking about and then we'll uh get to our prospect profile and then close this out. But yeah. Two forty one, Daniel Cormier versus Steve Miocic. The rematch. Rematch. He the long-awaited, deserved rematch. Stipe gets his shot to what I would think, if he beats him, probably retire Daniel Cormier. 
Yeah. And even if he doesn't do that, Daniel could still walk away as yep. the champ. Yeah. Just one more payday. It'd be cool to see a war. Like just an absolute yeah. like five round heavyweight war. Yeah. Where they just beat the living piss out of each other. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. And then DC's got to come back for one more. And, and then, then he's got to come back for one more. Yeah. For the real rubber. And the, the Comins, you got Nate Diaz showing back up. With Anthony Pettis killing Nate. Coming back to the game, man. That's cool. I thought that he'd only do it for Connor. But yeah. I think that there's maybe some bad blood here. Stems Is from there? a long time ago. Yeah, I think that it was... I don't know if they've ever fought before. Because I want to see... They just might not like each other. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know that they like each other. It might be like a brothers versus brothers thing. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know. Like, was Diaz ever a forty fiver? Because at one point, Showtime was a forty fiver, right? Oh, I don't know. Because this is at one seventy, correct? Yep. Yep. Lightweight. It looks like he's only fought it. Only fought it lightweight. Nate has, but I'm talking yeah. about uh, Pettis. Has Pettis fought at? Um, 45. Lightweight debut. Lightweight welterweight. He went back and forth, lightweight. huh? Featherweight debut. He did. Yeah. That was in 2016. Wow, he cut a lot of weight. So he did He did fight a couple times at featherweight. Got TKO'd by Max. So he dropped. Yeah, he cut a lot. He Man, that's crazy. Featherweight to Welter. He's jumped all over the place. So I don't know that they've ever crossed paths, but they will be cross crossing paths uh August seventeenth. Oh yeah, and then August that'll 17th. be a great fight too. That's a Yo. this is a good card. Yeah, Yoel Romero and the the long awaited fight Costa. we've been we've been waiting for with Paulo Costa, dude. The two most shredded shredded dudes in MMA. Yep. <laughs> and they are finally gonna, it's gonna be finally amazing. gonna just throw throw fists. That Asuncio Corey Sanhagen fight will be a good That's one. That's gonna be great. And Sadiq Youssef. Yep. Gabriel Benitez. That'll be a great fight too. Man. Oh yeah, that UFC two forty one is amazing. Good card. What's the prelims look like? Oh, they don't have it. They don't yet. have it yet. Okay. I'm sure they'll throw a few in there. UFC two forty one guys coming up in yep. August. That'll be a great one to look forward to. I'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit more about it as we get closer, but... Oh, yeah. We'll do another... We'll get closer. We'll get it lined out with the July episode. All right, the prospect profile. We got a little update. Yeah, so Jack Shore signed with the UFC. Yeah. Talked about him a couple episodes ago. My fellow uh, countrymen, or I I should say my heritage... Your Welshman. My Welshman, Jack Shore. uh, So... Stay tuned. He will probably be making his debut fight, I would imagine, in the next couple of months. At Bantamweight. Um, at Bantamweight. Um, probably a prelim. And cool uh, to see him fight Cody. Yeah, I could see that happening pretty quickly. Like quickly. Yeah. Like get him, get him an. He won't. Fight. He, he won't fight Cody right away. Yeah. But yeah. he will fight someone that's probably. 
I bet he, I wouldn't be surprised if this kid gets a top 10 contender right off the bat. Right. Just to be like, welcome to the UFC. It'll be like whoever is nine or 10 in the bantamweight. Cause yes. anyone else would probably say, why would I take this fight against this kid? Yes. It's only going to hurt me if I lose. Yes. You know, if like, for example, if Cody coming off his losses dropped to like seven or eight, right. like he's just got there. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's going to be super exciting to see that happen. TJ Dillashaw sent him a message and was like, what's up, Jack? Uh, can't wait to face you. But he was like kind of <laughs> joking. And then he was like, just remember it's all in your mind. Like you're in control. Totally. And he, and he had his, he had kind of like a, you know, he was obviously really self-conscious because of his right. um, suspension and everything. But yeah. He went on. He went on the uh, Chael Sonnen's podcast actually, and was talking about it. Was he? So was that? Because I saw this week that he, they reported something. I don't know if it came through on ESPN or one of my other apps that I follow stuff on, but he basically came out and said, "Yo, look, man, I cheated and I got caught. Like, no, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it." He like straight up just said, "Yeah, man, I, I," and then talked about why he took what he took. Um, yeah, he said he, he it was a he, he it was some level that he likes to operate at dropped significantly. And he was talking about all the different tests he does for his mm-hmm. um hormones and everything and um and he took it called it was called Procrit. Mm. And it was sore it was like hemo hemo something. I can't remember what it was that it was a specific thing. But he knew it was a banned substance, and he took it anyways. I he, thought it was EPO or whatever. Yeah, that's what. Uh, uh, that's what's kind of confusing. Or is it like a derivative of EPO? Yeah, I don't know. Or is, or is like EPO like a, a really generic category? Right. So, um, or a generic enough category. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it'll just be interesting to hear to learn more about that, but. Like, I don't know. We always kind of were hoping that it was more something very specific. Mm-hmm. And it and it's not like, I don't know. He just, TJ's a freak, and he wanted to be at his freak levels. Yeah. So, whatever. Um. All right. Anyways, you got another prospect. Yeah, so this week's prospect profile, MMA prospect profile, is Askar Askarov. Uh, Russian fighter that is uh, 10 and 0, fights out of ACA, which is um, a Russian uh, promotion, MMA promotion. Uh, nicknamed the Bullet. Uh, he is a flyweight um, and is Dagestani, so he's from Dagestan. And I think he's very close to potentially being a UFC fighter or signed by one of the major if he doesn't get signed by the ufc i would imagine bellator would hop all over this right away uh but uh i think that it's a a, could be a great prospect that the ufc adds um it's a very interesting story too he's deaf um so he can't hear anything um which would be crazy yeah which i think the last time we saw a fighter um in the ufc that was deaf was matt hamill okay so not sure that this is uh, something we've seen since then. A uh, phenomenal talent. Uh, he actually um, has, it looks like he's a submission artist. Which is always so, fun. Yeah, see. which is always cool. Especially at that that specific weight class, because I feel like those guys, are a lot yeah. of the time, they're just fast, like throw so hands, fast. having a 
guy that <clears throat> probably has a wrestling background and can submit you is super cool. And if the division stays around, which apparently this last week it sounds like sounds it will, like it's, gonna. it's going to, which is I think is great. It's fantastic. I've always loved the flyweight division. I don't care what anyone says, but it could be a huge ad for the UFC and yep, to you know, some competition that, that can rebuild the the flyweight division because it obviously fell under scrutiny after you know DJ left and Cejudo won the belt and then. Was it actually, you know, was he saving the division or was he just winning the belt so he could make the next step in his career? And sounds like it's going to stay around. Um, I think that probably one of the next fights, too, there, not to segue off of the pro- prospect profile, but I got to imagine Benavidez is going to sh- yeah. get a shot to, to fight Cejudo again. I would imagine Cejudo would want that just because that's like one of the last guys that Cejudo lost to. So Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a great update on the flyway it'd be cool for these double champs to like so the completely bounce back and forth you know what i yeah. mean and like only defend like unless something zany happens and like your your contender is injured like you know but like it'd be cool to be like all right i won the bantamweight belt so now i'm gonna go defend flyweight right then i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna defend bantamweight right mm-hmm. away and so and it, and if assuming they're winning you know you just do that uh, or he loses the flyweight, and then he's free to go right to bantamweight, yep. just like that. And uh, it, if they're gonna keep doing this double champ stuff, it's just it's cool. It'd be cooler if they had a real smooth way of facilitating the fallout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Joseph Benavides at one twenty-five, that'd be great. And then, uh, speaking of one thirty-five for Cejudo, our boy. Al Jermaine Sterling was an amazing win. Oh, yeah, man. Over a, a tough Pedro Munoz. Yeah. A tough fighter. and That was a great fight. All those fights on that last card were wars, dude. Wars. With the they exception so of Valentina's head kick that which, just... Which was insane. That was gnarly. But, yeah, they um, the Bantamweight's heating up, man. Because yeah. you've got... That was a close fight, you know, still. Like, yeah, it was super close. Pedro and, and Aljo's fight was tough. So everybody in Bantamweight, like even Marias, even though he got gassed and stuff like that against Cejudo, like Cejudo can't sleep on anybody. No. And so it's fun to see the little guys heating everything up. Yeah. I think they'll make him go down and defend it like flyweight before he fights to at 35 again, though. Division legitimately. Yeah, keep it keep it kind of going and that it's that it's going to be sticking around but yeah guys that's your prospect profile this seg or this podcast Askar, look look out for Askar Askarov Dana sign him Dana sign him all right to close out the episode because we're gonna have it's gonna be we always do this but I was like we're gonna make a short episode and it's always an hour and a half long <laughs> which I think is fine yeah that's totally cool came up Trev came up with some great brand ideas to rebrand the show. Do you want to read them all or do you just want to say the one that we like the most? Or do you want to read the, let's read our top few and see if we can get some of these listeners to actually engage with us. On yeah. Social media. So I was doing some just kind of like internet research, thinking about like phrases that are popular in the sports world that are often used or just relate to something, you know, sports related. Cause this is a sports podcast. Yeah. And you know, we realized that our, the current name of our podcast is kind of hard for people to find, and it's also very common. Yeah, um, not it's, clever. It's not. It's it's not uh, the most, I guess, 
creative option yep. that uh, would help um, help things stick a little more. So I came up with some ideas. Um, we like all of them, but we like one of them the most, and we're probably going to launch it here uh, within the next episode or two. But yeah. some of the uh, podcast names that we came up with uh, are Us, up, uh, Us Against the World. Another one was Game Script, The Upper Hand, yep. Gloves Off, which would be a great one if this were just an MMA. Yeah, or combat sports. Or combat only. sports podcast, but it's kind of everything. So kind I think we're, we're kind of torn there on whether that's going to be one that we use or not. Which which kind of is the same thing with the off the next one, Off the Bench. Off the Bench, yeah. It's which is only alludes to Yeah, that. Off the Bench would only allude to like team sports. Yep. Which so, leads us so to, leads us to one that we really like the a lot and the most and what we're probably leaning towards, but we want some feedback from our fans. Yes, one we're leaning towards is making the cut with Corbin Trev. Uh, yep. So give us some feedback. Let us know which ones you think um, would be best. Um, we feel like making the cut is it obviously as a sports phrase. Um, the idea that you know. The topics that we're talking about are good enough to, you know, discuss amongst ourselves and and uh, put in front of our listeners. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, alludes to team sports and just anything in life, really. What I like is it just it plays off of what we've already established. Right. Um, and for me, like balance is a huge thing. So. Simple things like we flipped the names, you know, Corbin Trev, right? Instead of Trevor and Corbin, just stupid things like that. I I think are personally, I I like the impact of them. So I'm I I mean I'm I'm like ninety percent of the way there. I, someone's gonna have to tell me a really a really horrible reason why that that's not a good idea. Yeah, like why we don't change it to that. Yeah. So, so but. We're all ears, though. We'd love to hear uh, if you have any feedback. So, yeah, let us know. Episode six. Episode six, man. Boardman gets paid. Boardman gets paid. Congrats to Toronto. Tor- congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. Congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on their Blues, both yes. teams winning their first uh, championship. And congratulations to the New Orleans. New Orleans Pelicans for fleecing <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers. They just absolutely robbed the Lakers of everything. Yeah. Uh, pretty incredible. So. So. All right, guys. Yeah. So, uh, and happy oh. Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It's Father's Day weekend. Oh, yeah. That's Father's right. Day is tomorrow. Happy, happy Father's Day to Corbin over here. Thanks, buddy. I'm not a dad yet, but one day I will be. Happy Thanks, Father's man. Day to my father. Yep. Happy Father's Day to my paps and all the fajas out there in the world. Yeah. Um, enjoy your can't be run without without dads. Without dads. It's an important role. As equally as important in its own way as the role of mother, which is correct. We all know how important that one is. Absolutely. So anyways. everyone enjoy their uh enjoy their Father's Day. Thanks for listening. We'll uh we'll be back here hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Yep. With some more content and some more, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll sports be an banter summer, man. Because it's we'll we'll enter our first lull. Because really, what's going to be going on? Yeah, it'll it'll be an interesting time. We'll probably be talking a lot of MMA. MMA. <laughs> we'll 
you know, there's things that we can highlight. We'll talk about like upcoming NFL stuff, camp. Yeah. You know, probably some fantasy sports stuff that we can incorporate. We could. We might have to start talking about like NASCAR. Record a podcast and not talk about the Mariners. (laughs) I'm just joking. Or yeah, we could get into racing. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. That'd be fun. There's so. some stuff we can talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure. It. You're right. We I should sh- start incorporating just I the sh- oddest stuff, like cricket. Yeah, like cricket. We'll start talking about cricket or like. Is rugby still like rugby? We could talk about curling. Yeah, I mean, it is an Olympic we could, sport. Yeah, we could just pick Olympic sports and then <laughs> start, just go see. Start doing what a ton of research the about them. Yeah, like. You know what's actually kind of fun is we could start co- like talking about Red Bull sport. Have you watched? Oh, what extreme Red Bull does? extreme sports. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So oh oh, you know what we should do. Hmm. I'm gonna go buy a skateboard soon, and we should we should go skate. I have one. I bought one last year. Yeah, we should go skate and practice skating, <laughs> and then at a ripe age of 33. <laughs> Our, our 33 or mid 30s crisis it's a mid 30s crisis you have this like want to go back to being like 17 years old and like kick flipping a four stair yeah and yeah you're like oh my god if i did that right now like i'd probably just Wake crush my hospital. crush my ankle uh, yeah but i didn't lose much of a step though i could still ollie up a curb and everything it just took Dude. a few times and i was like man this is like Riding a bike, we you just, just don't lose it. First. You don't, yeah. You stretch first. You just, you Take don't some lose preliminary some of that. ibuprofen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little icy hot everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, we pads. We, we digressed a little bit, but <laughs> spiderwebs. Spider- um, cool. Awesome. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Episode yes. six. Boardman gets paid. Congratulations again. To the Raptors, the Blues, all you dads out there, we'll see you next time. Yep. Adios. Cheers.